Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brees, and this is The Watchman. We are sounding the alarm for the peril and the uncertainty that lie ahead. Our commitment is for the objective truth. As the watchman on the wall, we will call out whenever we see those that live in the fifth dimension attempt to put feelings and emotions in front of facts and in front of truth. We will call out the real motives of those living in the land of unlimited imagination. And we do that by expounding on the underreported facts. Today we have with us again Annette Baker. Annette Baker is an environmental science expert. She's also a homeschool teacher. She's a former region chairwoman in the Berks County Republican Committee. And she is also now uh, going door to door, meeting people and meeting voters because she's also the Pennsylvania State Senate 11th District candidate, Republican candidate against Democrat, Marxist, and America, Judy Swank. And uh, thank you very much for being with us, Annette. Thank you. Glad to be back again. Now, uh, just to be clear that we uh, we do have an open invitation for uh, for Judy Swank to come on the show here and, and discuss issues with us. We would love to have her. Come on, Annette, would you like to be talking about issues with Judy Schwenk for 30 minutes on our show? Sure, that would be great. All right, so let's uh, do another open invitation to Judy Schwenk. Hopefully she hears our call and lets us know, and uh, we can get her on the show. We can do an interview, and you guys can uh, go at it back and forth and see uh, and actually have a uh, discussion of ideas, which is what Joe Biden is not doing. He seems to be running from the press here. <laughs> Annette, uh, Joe Biden seems to be running from interviews. Have you ever seen a an election where, where I mean, here we are coming up to the convention, and I mean, the people that are being nominated to convention fail to have any interview at all with the media. They fail to put any surrogates in the weekend leading up to it. We just did the convention. I mean, what cross examining questions are being asked? I mean, these people are avoiding all difficult questions at every turn. What do you think, Annette? Yeah, it's, excuse me. To me, it's just uh, it's it's unbelievable. I I when I would see a situation where we have a president, a presidential candidate, who is dodging the press, avoiding conf, you know conflict in terms of discussing what's going on, and you know it just it's astounding to me um, to think that we could potentially vote for a presidential candidate. Not me personally, but, you know, other people <laughs> would vote for a presidential candidate who has avoided having a debate with his opponent. Um, it's just I, I can't even. It, yeah, I'm at times speechless just thinking about it. Well, it's actually. Not, yeah, I, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I don't think you meant debate. They're having discussions, uh, cross-examining discussions with the media about the opponent. I think. I think getting the policy is important for these candidates. I think we see a lot right now of, uh, of, of from our from our Democrat, the end America Democrats. We see a lot of the end of Demo- the end America Democrats just not getting to policy. They're avoiding the the policy. They're again, I said it in the last show. They're short on policy, long on mouth, uh, and they're not getting into anything with the media at all. I think it's a disservice. I think the media is performing a complete disservice. It's media malpractice on steroids. They're out there trying to give air cover to a, to a presidential candidate who is not capable of debating. I think what's really interesting, too, and I think when you look at <clears throat> Biden, I think Trump was on Fox and Friends a few days ago, 
and he was talking on there, and he said, if Biden is able to stand at a debate for one and a half hours and then leave the stage without any assistance and walk down and, and you know, say hi to people and actually stand there for another 20 minutes while the cameras are running, and he's able to do that, I think the media will be out there saying it was the greatest debate they ever seen uh, Biden do. In other words, their threshold is very, very low. All they're looking to do is to have Biden survive the debate without falling or passing out or <laughs> or just without going into a blank mode. I mean, it was recent, I believe, on Monday of last week, Biden uh, had forgotten how many grandchildren he had. I mean, these are things that people know. Yeah. I mean, it's like knowing your name. I mean, you don't forget how many grandchildren. You might forget the birthdays of some of your grandkids, but you don't forget how many grandkids you got. I mean, there's things like that that happen, and he's doing a, he's doing these softball interviews, and, and he's not doing any difficult interviews because he doesn't want to get into policy. And there's a reason they don't want to get the policy. Don't miss this, because they don't want to be discussing at all. They don't want to be getting into anything about, about you know, about what they have in plan. I mean, about what they have in store for this country, their, their end America plans, okay, whether it's you know, whether it's uh, decriminalizing border crossings and allowing for open borders and sanctuary cities or whether it's, uh, you know, basically ending private health care and creating a health care plan for everybody in this country, including illegals. I mean, whether it's that or well, how about this really bad idea? You know, uh, you know, maybe uh, how about just uh, the uh, offering amnesty to everybody here? Amnesty to all. Who's here illegally? No longer there's illegal. You're here. You're, you have amnesty. How about that bad idea? Well, how about the how about the horrible, un, the immoral, the immoral, the amoral idea of unrestricted abortions during any point of a pregnancy? What's amazing is, he, is Biden claims to be a Catholic, and yet he he supports. I mean, he has, he seems to have an amoral way about him. I, look, I, I would tell you, uh, you know, I'm amazed that they, the media doesn't call him out on that. Absolutely amazed. And then, I mean, do you think that their horrible ideas, including their unrestricted abortions, you think that's popular with suburban moms and popular with America? Well, I think the uh, the majority of Americans, it seems like um, they, they do not agree with uh, leaving children to die uh, sitting on a shelf. Um, as pre former President Barack Obama avoided that, that very vote in Illinois, I think um, you know, the Democrats have, have embraced that very extreme position, and that is something that uh, a lot of Americans just don't agree with. Um, you know, that, that is something that I think uh, moving forward, as they begin to, to um, really pick apart the party's platform, the Democrat Party platform, and begin to understand all of the components, people are going to realize just how left and... and um, Maybe even beyond left. I, I mean, what's what's further left than that? I don't know. But they have definitely um, outlined a number of, of issues and positions that most Americans that were, you know, middle of the road Democrats that that are people that were conservative Democrats, even moderate Democrats are now saying, you know what, I can't even I can't buy into that. And I'm talking to some of them. So I know That's what right. they're saying. And I know that they're right. that they're saying, you know what, the Democrat Party didn't didn't stay with me. They left me behind. That's and right. they went to a place where I can't support that anymore. That's right. And I think that's what we're starting to see 
in, you know, as we've mentioned, the walkaway movement, things like that, 30, 40 videos a day um, pop up on my, on my feed of people who are talking about their choice to walk away. And that's across the country. And for every 30 or 40 that I personally see, there's probably a dozen more that in, in each year that people have influence in that don't talk about their walk away movement. And then you multiply that. It's, it's kind of like the old Clairol commercial where, you know, you tell someone and then they tell someone and it's like this huge growing movement. I think that's what we're seeing. And we're seeing the silent majority that's getting ready to be on very loud on November 3rd. Well, I don't think there's any question about it. Look, the Democrats, they, they, when you start unpacking their agenda, and this is what they don't want. The Democrats do not want the media or the American people talking about their agenda because they're nothing but a bunch of socialist and America ideas. I mean, we got into this a little bit on the on the prayer prior show where we reveal this almost every week because I want our listeners to understand when they want to lower the voting age to 16, no good can come from that. No good comes from allowing felons the right to vote. I mean, you're going to be kidding me. Voting rights for felons. I mean, no good comes out of it when you eliminate ba- cash bails or when you eliminate the police or, you know, and decriminalize disorder crimes or de- decriminalize illegal border crossings. No good comes from that. That doesn't connect with suburban moms. It doesn't connect with anybody. And even when you have the media out there holding up four fingers, asking the public, how many fingers do you see? The public is still going to see four fingers, even though verbally they're being told there's five there. So what's happening is you're seeing a story on the TV. You're seeing it, hearing a story on the radio or the TV or whatever, reading about it in the paper. You're seeing it with your own eyes. You're hearing it be reported to you. But what your processing in your head does not match what you're hearing from these fake journalists. And at some point, you stop watching them. And this is what's happened. For Fox News to become the number one channel on television, not the number one cable news channel, they've had that for years. Not the number one news channel, they've had that just recently. I mean, beating ABC, CBS, and NBC. I mean, beating them all. They just had that recently. No, they become the number one news channel. So all of them programming that NBC, CBS, Fox, and, and you know the programming that they have, ABC and all these NBC and all these shows they have at nighttime, the prime time programming that they put out every night. No channel gets more viewers than Fox News. None. Now that spells doom for the Democrats because guess what? They now cannot hide. They can't hide behind the air cover they're going to get from a fake journalist. Their, their story is going to be out there. Their, 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 their platform is going to be out there for all to see. The headline that we once would see about 40 years ago, a headline such as local man eaten by newspaper, no longer exists today because of social media and the way that the public can overcome that. And I think what we're seeing right now, we've watched with the Democrat debate, is all these horrible ideas. The Green New Deal is bad for this country. Um, Annette, are the Democrats attempting to use environmentalism to deconstruct this country's capitalistic economy? 
Oh, absolutely. That is that is one of the biggest ways that they can undermine our economy um, is by enacting uh, Green New Deal policies that are going to absolutely decimate the energy industry, um, which in turn will decimate our ability to be able to transport goods and goods around this country. It's it's just going to absolutely be a mess. Well, it's, um, but it raises the cost of everything. And I, I think what's really Absolutely. compelling in all this is we look at what's going on. Now, what's interesting about the post office, this is what I think is interesting about the post office. The post office knows how to process mail. They've always known how to process mail. I mean, the holiday gift cards that go out, I mean, they just process it like crazy. Okay. But what it comes down to is when you need things to be in a certain place at a certain day with a postmark, it becomes a challenge. And I think because of the attempts the Democrats are having for voter fraud, I think it, it's the the post uh, the post office is getting very concerned about it. Now, Nancy Pelosi is calling back the Democrats from their campaigning because she wants to get something through to get some funding for the post office because she needs to do something because she's making a big a big sham out of this. I mean, I mean, she's trying to make it look like, I mean, there's something more to it than that. And, uh, you know, trying to make people believe that we're not funding the post. Well, not funding the post office. Well, we are funding the post office. Matter of fact, they got funding for the next 12 months or more. The problem you run into is, is that she's trying to build up on that and make it look like Trump's, you know. But see, Trump's bringing attention. What they're thinking they're doing is they think that they're turning the country against Trump because they support the post office. This is so insane. They think that they, they think they're going to turn opinion, public opinion against Trump because Trump is they're going to try to say Trump's against the post office. Well, they know that people know that's not true. Trump's even said it. So they're trying to create some lie. But the, the fact is what Trump is successfully doing is calling into question the mass mailing of ballots. Now, what's different between the absentee ballot program and an absolute mailing of ballots everywhere program like they have in California, like they want to do in Nevada, like they have in New York, like they want to do, New, like they want to do in New Jersey? Like they would do here in Pennsylvania if they had a Democrat House and a Democrat Senate, but they can't, is they want to take the absentee program, they want to end it, and they want to just say every address, every home address, every apartment address, every address gets a ballot. And they get ballots for every name that they can think of under the sun. I mean, you got pets in some of these homes getting ballots. I mean, when you start mass mailing ballots, that's where fraud kicks in, right, Annette? Absolutely. Without a, without the ability to track where those ballots go, um, you know, I was talking to someone about this the other day, uh, you know, and, and their concern was what happens? How do we know that the person signing the ballot is the person that is supposed to be signing the ballot? And I said, well, that is the exact problem with mass mailing ballots. You don't know who signs them until they come back. And imagine the amount of time and the, the number of people it would take to match the signatures of every ballot. And there are, have been reports already of some houses and some voters receiving two and three ballots each. And, and that is just crazy to think about the amount, first of all, the expense of sending out all those ballots. And as you mentioned, with being able to return those ballots, one of the problems uh, I read about uh, a um, 
business in, I think it was Austin, Texas, used to ship material, their product from their location to another location near Austin. It was very close, but Austin's a very big city. So it was cheaper for them instead of paying a delivery service or shipping it, they would just put their stuff in the mail and send it to this other company. They discovered after a short period of time that it was taking seven to 10 days to literally go across the city. And they started tracking the packages. And what they found was that it would leave Austin. It would, if I remember correctly, it goes to, it comes all the way out here to Philadelphia. It would then go down to somewhere in Florida, back to someplace in the middle of the country again, and then back to Austin, Texas. So literally this package did a tour of part of the country when all it needed to do is go from one side of the city to the other. Well, the biggest and problem is they ended up actually paying an employee to drive it across the city. So this, that's part of the problem with these mail-in ballots. Where are they going to end up going? Well, are the they going to stay but, but why do you think the Democrats, the Democrats are fighting this because they know that they've allowed the unrest in the city to continue and they want the unrest in the yeah. cities to continue and the unrest in the cities will make it so nobody wants to go out of their house and vote. The unrest in the city is going to suppress those people in the cities from voting. This is what they're terrified about. And it's starting to they're starting to see the adding up of all the problems here that they've created. Now they're starting to recognize that all this anarchy that they've been allowing in these cities is going to bite them in the, in the fanny. And they know this. The worm is turning. The, the trap that they've laid, they're going to fall into themselves. I mean, they've manufactured this whole pro problem, and now they're going to fall into their own pro their own trap. You know, I mean, the, the post office has had a reputation of not being very good. I mean, I, I guess... You know, we, we used to joke about people getting mail that isn't theirs. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of comedy skits to talk about. You know, I, I, you know, the Cliff Clavin on Cheers was one of the funniest ones I've seen where he's showing someone his job and he's delivering mail in the apartment building. And at the end of the hallway, when they walk out the door, everybody comes out and exchanges their mail. <laughs> I mean, that was just hilarious. I mean, but but, you know. The thing of it is, is when you look at the post office and their reputation, well, it has nothing to do with the mail house. The, the Democrats are pushing this because they know that the inner cities and the cities are a problem. They've had all this perpetual violence going on, all this lawlessness that they've been allowing to exist. And now they're going to have to worry about people wanting to go to vote. This is nothing to do about sickness and COVID. Look, these are the same people that are OK with you standing in line at the DMV extensive lines. These are the same people that want to overlook the fact that the supermarkets have been open and have never closed. These are the same people that lock arm in arm with the protesters to defund the police. Well, these people suddenly decry that you can't vote safely unless you're voting by mail. Folks, it's a lie. It's a hypocritical lie and they're out there trying to do it. And I think what's really interesting is Trump is calling them out for it. Because he wants to see what's happening is this is what's happening. The public is losing confidence in a mail-in ballot. Everyone wants their vote to count. By Trump casting doubt on the mail-in process, you may see only two or three out of ten Americans request a mail-in. They were hoping for like 50% or more. They're not going to see it. People are going to want to go vote themselves. 
I mean, I vote in every election. So yeah. if I had a choice between doing a mail-in or going to vote, well, I'm going to go do, I'm going to go vote. I'm going to the precinct and I'm going to vote. So, you know, the thing of it is, is they know this, but they're, they're nervous because they're, they've ruined the inner cities. They've created an atmosphere of uncertainty for safety. And I think suburban moms and many others are just nervous about it. Now they're wondering because people are going to say, well, my vote isn't going to count with a mail. And my goodness, the, because of all these questions that are out there with, by the media covering this over and over, me thinks me protests too much. The public is hearing it. Annette, uh, the public is losing confidence in the mail-in process since Trump's been bringing this to light. Have, haven't we seen that? Yeah, I think so. I think people are questioning whether or not, um, you know, their their vote will count. I've actually had a few people, you know, question and then say, you know, I'm not even going to I'm not going to do a mail in because I'm worried my vote's not going to count. And, you know, I've encouraged them that in Pennsylvania, we we do have a much better system than other states. Um, There are ways that we can track our ballots and things like that as with a mail in. but I can definitely say, I mean, you know, I, I think you you maybe, uh, you know, looking at this in, in terms of what they've created, I, I think you might be onto something with the idea that, you know, the Democrats are, are starting to um, basically push this so much that people are, are actually going the opposite direction um, and saying, no, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not staying home. Even Anthony Fauci, who a lot of people have not been agreeing with lately. Even Anthony Fauci has said there is no reason that we can't go vote in person. Um, So I think that, you know, that that's a huge thing right there. And I think that, well, in talking to people, it's very evident that the majority of folks I've talked to have said they will be voting in person. There are uh, some that have said they will do a mail in ballot, but they're going to request their mail ins. This isn't June 2nd. That's right. This isn't June second, yep. isn't it? Pat? I think they said. I think you said that yeah. uh, election services in Berks County said there were what thirty thousand. How many elections? How many mail-ins were they counting in Berks County? Did you say? I think in it was back- around thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four thousand, somewhere in okay. that range. I think that was. And, and, and right. they, they said they've never seen anything like that. Um, well, that, that was, was really abnormal for them. That was that was fifty percent. That was fifty percent. The majority of the. That's right. And it was interesting. It was. It was. I think if I remember hearing correctly, there was almost a 50, it was a, it was a split. There were, there were more Democrats that mailed in than Republicans. But, but, uh, but and in talking but to people total, that it seems to trend that way as well. Yeah. But, but of the total of the total vote, it represented about 40 or 50% of the total vote, but that's oh, not exactly, going to be the right. way it is. That won't be the way it is in November. And I think they know it, but what's interesting, and this is the right, hypocritical right. part. I want our listeners uh, Annette and I are going to unpack this with a punch, so you folks out there can can catch this. Now, Nancy Pelosi was out there. Now, she was asked about the COVID-19 unemployment extension bill, and she wanted to put all these riders on it. You know, she wanted bailouts for the cities and the states. She wanted bailouts for sanctuary cities, and she wanted, you know, funding for this and that, Green New Deal, whatever. She had that in there. She wanted uh, she wanted funding for mail-in ballots all over the country. She wanted all of this. And believe me, that was in there, folks. She wanted all the funding for all her pet projects. She wanted all that in there because she said, if we don't have that, we can't do we, we can't do this COVID relief. We're instead going to need chaos and we'll need people to suffer. So unless we get what we want here, we're going to allow people to continue to lay in suffering 
as well as in chaos. But now all of a sudden she's calling people back, you know, Congress back for the post office. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, they have funding for at least a year. What What is going on here? Well, she's trying to play up on the narrative that we support the postal workers. We're going to come back for them. Folks, let me help you, okay? They have funding. The funding's already there. What the problem that people, she sees an issue is that they're losing the narrative because they're all out campaigning. And they're losing the narrative on this. They're, they're losing the fight. They know that the public is losing confidence in the mail-in ballot system. And once that happens, they're going to want to go vote in person. And if they don't get at least 50% of these ballots mailed in, they're going to have a problem. Now, I'm not talking about California, New York. I mean, that states like Utah and Colorado are all mail-in. But remember when I tell you, these are actual systems designed for accuracy. So I don't want to, I don't want to overgeneralize and say mail-in ballots are all bad. No, the absentee system is designed for accuracy. Now, keep in mind, there's nothing more accurate than when you go vote yourself. When you do a mail-in, there's a chain of custody break as soon as you mail the ballot in. But make no mistake about it, the idea that an absentee system where you request a ballot, that ballot is requested for you and mailed to your residence. A mail-in ballot system that these states are looking to do is just mail ballots everywhere. And that is very, very harmful and detrimental. And, and what, is, what, what Trump mm-hmm. is doing is casting doubt in the heads of these people that their votes exactly aren't counting. Now, I'm not talking about California because it's too late for them. I mean, quite frankly, unless a lawsuit prevails, they're stuck with this, this lousy election system they got until somebody changes it in the courts. But, but, but the bottom line is in states like Pennsylvania and Ohio and North Carolina and everywhere else, They have an absentee system. That's different. That's a lot more accurate. But what they're looking to do is they want at least 50% of the ballots to be requested by absentee so they can delay the election night turnouts. Why do they want to delay the turnouts? Because they don't believe Biden's going to win in that. That's why. They don't believe that Biden's going to win. They want to delay the turnouts. They're hoping they can get the governors of these states to delay the results long enough to put the the election in the hands of the House. I mean, Annette, I mean, that's what I'm seeing. These people are trying to get the mail-in ballots system to, 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 to be a part of their plan to disrupt the election night returns, Annette. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, that is actually um, one thing that has been proposed that uh, may happen is if the... Um, there is a deadline that has to be met, and if the deadline is missed, then the Speaker of the House will become the next president. And if that doesn't motivate people to get out and vote to replace the Democrats that are representing us, uh, you know, in here in Berks County, um, and and make sure that we take back the House, um, I, I don't know what else will. Uh, president Pelosi scares me. <laughs> I hope it uh, scares a lot of other folks, but. I mean, obviously, that would be something that would be a long shot. But again, you know, it, it it's causing instability in our in our transition of power. That was one of the things that the Democrats. I remember Hillary Clinton speaking about this often about how concerned she was that you know Trump was not going to not going to accept the results on election night. 
here we are, fast forward almost four years later, and we already are having people say, well, we're not really going to know who wins. We may not know for weeks. We may not know for months because of all the mail-ins. The states aren't going to certify the, the elections. Um, you know, that's the kind of thing that throws us into a constitutional crisis. And again, you know, you talked about the instability in the cities. That is exactly the plan. The more unstable they can push us as far as uh, our, our society and, and our governmental system in this country, the, the easier it is for them to begin by them, meaning the people who want to change us from a constitutional republic into a socialist communist country. You have that kind of instability and boy, you know, that makes us ripe for, for having problems and, and for a potential change in, in the way that we govern ourselves. Well, we will have to leave it there on that. We are out of time. Everyone, thank you for listening to us today. Thanks for tuning into the point. Thanks to all of you for tuning in, for making us your guiding light here on the, on the watchman, I should say on the watchman. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we want to particularly thank Judy Schwank and her listeners for tuning in as well. And we want to continually send out an invitation uh, to Judy Schwank uh, to be a part of our show so we can actually uh, do a sort of an online interview process between the two of you. And, uh, and again, it'd be great. We invite you here. So be here uh, anyway, just so that we can uh, we can expound on the differences between a Republican Annette Baker and Democrat Marxist Judy Schwank. But thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for being here. On The Watchman. See you next week on The Watchman. Tune in every every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. right here on AM Radio 1180 WFYL for this show, The Watchman. See you next week. For Annette Baker, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.